Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castro, and here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Can you believe it's already Tuesday? It's only I'm Tuesday? S- I am so ungodly happy it's Tuesday. It is, it's quite ridiculous. Um, Adam, good, number one. Crazy, crazy night that we had last night. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a brief, a brief story. So basically, I had three matchups still very much in the balance. One, I needed Ronald Jones to score under 10 points. The other one, I needed 43 out of Mike Evans and Robert Woods. And then the other one, I needed Cooper Cup to not put up a 38. All three happened. Robert Woods Woods went freaking nuts. And I was able to beat a team that had the Kansas City Chiefs trio of Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, who all went off. How do you, how does this person have all three auction? That makes sense. Auction. You're able to do it. And that's crazy. Ronald Jones posting a dud, which oh. was incredible. And then Cooper Cup giving me a little bit of a scare, but not enough to uh, to take to take me down. And then I also put in a wager last night where I had Mike Evans under 56 and a half receiving yards, which in fact did hit because I knew coming in that Jalen Ramsey, who was going to be on Mike Evans for most of the night, had not allowed 55 yards to a receiver since week one of this year of this year. Yes. Which Cowboys receiver was it? Was it Amari Cooper? Nope. Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, that's the only one. Wow. Well, Michael Gallup's probably feeling pretty pretty uh, good, happy for himself. I don't know about that considering who his quarterback is, but Shaw. Yeah. At least at that at that point he was. Yes, that that that's true. At that moment in time when he still had Dakota there, yes. Yeah. This game, this game, I don't even know. It's just, I mean, this game was a quarterback this game didn't have the score of a quarterback duel but it was a quarterback duel um see I, I i thought for the most part the quarterback play was just very sloppy especially in that second half the first half was great first no, half, well, the first half yeah. i thoroughly enjoyed the well, second I, half was yeah. sloppy well when i say quarterback duel i mean that the quarterbacks are doing almost all the work Doing all the work and making sure who's going to do the worst to make their team lose. Yeah. I mean, you have it's rare when you're in a game, aside from that Monday night game between the Chiefs and the Rams, where I assume the totals were like this, where you have both quarterbacks for throwing for give or take 50, throwing give or take 50 times. Yes, that's true. And I mean, I think it's worth it's. It speaks louder that Tom Brady threw the ball 48 times and he still only managed 216 yards. Yeah, but it also comes down to these are two defenses that know how to stop the run and are very good at it. So I think that's what it really came down to with Sean McVay and and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. They they knew how this game probably was going to go. And 
I had the conversation with um with the uh, manager that had Ronald Jones, and he obviously was livid. And I said to him, you know, it, it just comes down to game script, and it all comes down to how that game was going for Tampa Bay. And I think as of last night, I finally do have a gauge as to how the backfield works in Tampa Bay. I think I finally have been able to figure it out where it's Ronald Jones on first and second downs. And then it's Leonard Fournette on third down and then passing downs where he can serve as a pass blocker and then go out and try and catch passes, which as of last night did not work out too well uh, for him. He had at least three or four drops that I can recall off the top of my head. When it gets into a game that becomes a shootout and becomes more of, you know, okay, we got to take the reins off the, the leash off here and, uh, and just start throwing the ball. It, it becomes Leonard Fournette's backfield. But when the game is decisive, when the game is done, when they're just trying to bleed out the clock and they're up by 10, 15 points, it's going to be Ronald Jones and Ronald Jones, will get the 30 carries. So I, it, it almost comes back to what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks in terms of, you know, certain committees, where you have one guy that if the game is going to be a if the game is going to be a win for that team, for example, Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay is going to be winning a game, you go ahead and you play Ronald Jones if you think that's the way it's going to go. If Tampa Bay is not winning a game, then it's probably going to be Leonard Fournette, and you probably want to stay away from Ronald Jones. So I think after 11 weeks, I have finally figured it out, and we can go ahead and use – those context clues now for the next four weeks only to probably be proven wrong next week. Yeah. Well, probably couldn't have said it any better myself on that front, but really, I mean, the receivers, this is probably, this is a good game for Jared Goff. I mean, to intercept the interceptions aside from a fantasy perspective, he put up a good game. He helped his receivers, his top two receivers anyway, Put up good games. Good. How many how many completions did he have off the top, off the uh, top of your head or off of the stats that you're uh, that you have? Looking at yeah, yeah. 39. 39. 39 completions. Yep. Wow. His the line for Jared Goff completions was twenty three and a half. Wow. That that was fucking obliterated. He was thirty nine for fifty one. Thirty nine of fifty one. Jesus Christ. He had a wow. QBR of eighty five point four. Let me eighty five point four was his QBR. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's yeah. a, that's a really that's a really big game then from Jared Goff. Yeah, thirty nine and fifty one, three hundred and seventy six yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Wow, man, that's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that reinforces that the only two players in the Rams offense that are trustworthy on a week-to-week basis consistently are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I think it's the way it's been all along, but yes, it does reinforce that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because, I mean, Cam Agers had a touchdown and saved his day. Uh, the running, Like you said, the running game for both teams was terrible. I mean, Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, and Duro Henderson had a combined – Combined 16 carries. That's dreadful. 16 carries for 40 yards. 16 carries for 40 yards was their combined total. Yeah, it's pretty ungodly. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there were a ton of people that started. uh, The Rams guys 
last night. But if you started Cam Akers in a deeper league, you got you got the touchdown. That's true. So and Cam Akers had the second bet, had probably the best night of the of the running backs, just because he had the touchdown. Hey Adam, what have I been telling everybody for the last three four weeks? Pick up Cam Akers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You got Van Jefferson making a name for himself, sort of with that one with that one catch. None of these receivers matter outside no, besides, of Robert, outside of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Fuck him. I don't care about him. Oh, you're ruining my zen. <laughs> Listen, Phil Jackson, you got to chill out. You're ruining my zen. Robert Woods, what an incredible human being. See, I could tell you another another uh, another fun story. I was. Um, watching the game last night with the uh, Basement Talk podcast weatherman, Jared Fagion. And he also had Robert Woods and he was going up against Mike Evans and Tom Brady. And he ended up pulling it out and clinching a playoff spot. So where I had where I had Woods and Evans, I clinched first round by and the division with the victory where he had Robert Woods in his league, he was able to clinch playoffs. So, we were we were we were quite happy last night. It was it was a it was a good night all around. Yeah, before we move on to the waivers, I have one buy or sell for this game. Sure. Or like just just the thing buy or sell. It seems like the Bucks are just going to be force feeding the ball to Antonio Brown to try and make a point. So, I don't think they'll be force feeding Antonio Brown. I think it what it really comes down to was Antonio Brown was drawing the easier the matchups last night where they really were targeting those underneath routes. You saw it with you had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you know, bombing it down the outside. Antonio Brown was that inside slot receiver. And Tom Brady has had a history of wanting to target those slot receivers. Look at what he did in New England. He made a career out of it going for it. Going trying trying to target Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, making them stars in this league. So I'm not surprised that he tried to um, really get Antonio Brown more involved in this offense. And I, I don't blame him. I think the one area for this Rams defense that you can definitely try and attack is that slot corner position. And Tom Brady tried to do that. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. But anybody that owned Antonio Brown, he, he got you a pretty good night. I believe he got 14.1 fantasy points, eight for 61. So, yeah, no, he was targeted like 13 times. Yeah, so. That's a great night. That's a yeah. great night. And if you have Antonio Brown, you cannot be complaining about that. That is a very, very solid night. From I don't, uh, which is Antonio why I Brown. am. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very, very solid night. And it's going to continue to be this kind of, you know, back and forth, back and forth. But I think this is the one example that when we talked about this last week on the program, we said that there was going to be odds are one guy that gets shut out. Well, in this kind of game, in this kind of scoring environment. You mean yesterday? Yeah. Or no, yeah. last week. I think when we talked about the Bucks last week. Okay. Yeah. We had talked about them, potentially one guy getting shut out. Mm-hmm. And in this kind of scoring environment, that may prove to be the, the complete opposite to that. And you could see all three of these receivers 
having pretty nice games, and all of them did. Evans had a really nice game, got into the end zone. Chris Godwin had a very nice game. Antonio Brown had a very nice game as well. So, I mean, if you owned any of those receivers, you can't really be complaining with the kind of output that you got from them last night. Well, actually, I think you're I think you're right. We were right. You were right when you said that one one of these weapons can get shut out because it's the tight if it's not the receivers, it's the tight ends. Gronk. Right. Right. Yeah. That that's that's the other part of this is that yes, the receivers all went off and were fine, but Gronk was pretty much taken out of this game. Right. Yeah, Gronk and Cameron Bray, um they they didn't do all that well. I mean, not for lack of trying. I mean, Gronk had six targets. Cameron Braid had four targets. So, um, yeah, one of those. It was, a, it was just a bad game. It was a bad game from Gronk. They happen. They yes. happen. You got to remember that he's not the guy that was putting up double-digit touchdowns in New England. You know, he he's not he's not that guy anymore. So it really just comes down to just being able to manage expectations and understand that look this is a whole different offense and there are going to be different things that will come out of Rob Gronkowski. And you have to remember also that a Bruce Arians offense typically does not feature the tight end very heavily. So and he had some really good tight ends in his day, right? So him, so him now featuring Rob Gronkowski, who many people will consider to be the greatest tight end that has ever lived in this offense I mean, I can't say I am too surprised that here we are and we're struggling as to why Gronkowski had a bad night. You know, we can't we can't be too shocked. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians, if Bruce Arians wasn't going to get like Heath Miller too involved in the Steelers offense when he was offensive coordinator there. And the fact that I can't really name a Cardinals tight end that was really good when when he was head coach. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Ricky Seals Jones, Luke Stalker, Luke Stalker. Wow, that's a name from yesteryear. Um, hmm. You know, I can't. I can't think of one on top of my head. And then even when he was with the Colts, he had um, was he was Dallas Clark still there when he was offensive coordinator for the Colts? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think that's when um, I, I believe Jack Doyle was there, and maybe no, I don't think that was the year that Ebron went off for Indianapolis. No, that was year. No, 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 no. That was when like Chuck Pagano had cancer. And he was the interim head coach. It was two thousand. It was the two thousand and twelve Colts. Oh, they had the two Stanford guys. The two Stanford guys. The one. One of them played tight end for the Patriots. Also. Oh my God, that is a name that I have not heard in. Literally years. Are you ready? Do 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 you remember what the name is? I'll give you I'll give you one, and maybe the other one will come to you. Well, Dwayne one, Allen. Yes, Dwayne Allen was the one I was thinking of. Yes. Do you remember the other one? The other one was a flop. Was a bust. Do you remember his name? 
No, I don't remember his name. It's going to hit you when I say it. Probably like a truck. Because it hit me. Kobe Fleener. Oh, my God. Kobe Fleener. I would be lying to you if I said that I had not started Kobe Fleener in fantasy because I have many a times. Well, there was a point where they were like, well, this offense is going to be so good because they brought in Andrew Luck and his tight ends and his offensive coordinator. True. True. They brought in Pep. They brought in Kobe Fleener to just make Andrew Luck feel at home. Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Yeah. Hey, the Colts have their very own Pep. Or should I say had, but now he's with the Chargers. The Chargers have their own Pep. I'm not even going to dignify that with a, with a response. Is oh, he bald? Not going to? Is he bald? I believe he is. Oh, well then he's I definitely Pep is bald. Then he is a Pep. Then he then he then he definitely is one. <laughs> he's he's one of your people. One of the Peps. Ah, <laughs> uh, anywho, waiver time finally. Yes. Does that sound oh. derogatory? That sounds derogatory for some reason. Might be. Um, yes, waiver time. So uh, the teams that are on by this week is nobody. Nobody's on by. Really? Yeah. They have nobody on by this week, but then they have teams on by in week 13. Well, I think it's because that's I mean, stupid. The math makes sense because you have three Thursday night games. If you had teams on by, it would be you'd have a, a pretty lean slate of Sunday games. Well, you already have a pretty lean slate of Sunday games when you have one game at four o'clock right now. I saw I saw three. Three? Yeah. All right. So maybe when I checked, when I checked on the betting app yesterday, they may have not had the lines for, for those games up. Yeah, let me just make sure. Yeah. So there's Saints Broncos, okay. Niners Rams, and Chiefs Buccaneers. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, there are not a lot of uh, games, which is, I mean, whatever. Hey, as long as there's not one four o'clock game, that's all I care about. Oh, God. Because having to watch one game in the four o'clock hour, I would actually shoot myself. Yep. Uh, here's the thing. Here's some injury news that is relevant, not to fantasy, but to me personally, as it involves a team that I root for. Uh, the Jets are going to try and get Sam Darnold to practice tomorrow on Wednesday and see how his shoulder is. And they'll evaluate him for Sunday tomorrow. Okay. I see how it goes. That's good news for anybody that owns Jameson Crowder. Yes. Because really, I mean, with Joe Flacco, it's just it's just non-existent. The connection to Jameson Crowder. No. He clearly does love himself some Brashad Perryman. Meanwhile, he was a flop in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Makes no sense. Not only a flop, a first-round flop. A first-round bust. So, quarterbacks. So, the main things for quarterbacks, it's not – this is actually kind of a good week. As far as matchups are concerned, you have a lot of enticing matchups, especially for quarterbacks that are on the waiver wire. And I mean, looking just at our league, you have quarterbacks 
who are above the threshold they are worth mentioning. You have Matt Stafford, if he plays, going up against Houston. The Efferman, I mean, Tua, maybe, going uh, going to play the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater playing Minnesota. Uh, Baker Mayfield playing Jacksonville. Daniel Jones going to Cincinnati. Uh, Alex Smith going to Dallas on Thursday. And Phillip Rivers playing Tennessee. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Off the top of the waiver wire that I'm looking at anyway. Just go rattling off some names. I mean, those are pretty much all of them that I have uh, listed down. I mean, Tua, Tua is outside the threshold by 1.4, but if he's available in your leagues, definitely go pick him up. He's a very good stream this week. Um, I would say if I had to pick my top three off the top of my head, I would say my number three has to be Daniel Jones going to Cincinnati. Uh, Adam, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's a, that's a really, really good stream this week. Number two for me, I'm going Kirk Cousins against the Carolina Panthers. Had a pretty good game against the Cowboys on Sunday. I think he can continue that this week, but definitely monitor the progress of Adam Thielen. That is the key to that. If Adam Thielen stays on the COVID list and he is out for this game, Kirk Cousins would not be a start. Go and pick up someone like a Daniel Jones or potentially go pick up a, I don't know, let's just go see who else is here. If Baker Mayfield is available, go pick up Baker Mayfield. He has a good matchup against Jacksonville. But definitely keep that one in mind. Maybe it's best to try and go pick up a Derek Carr, who is my number one on this list going up against Atlanta. Maybe it's better to try and go and pick up a Daniel Jones, but Kirk Cousins is definitely one to monitor, but it's not necessarily him that I would be monitoring. It's Adam Thielen. If Thielen plays, then pick up Cousins. If Thielen doesn't play, fade Cousins and go get one of Derek Carr or Daniel Jones. Sorry, I thought I thought I got some important phone call. No, you're good. But it was not. It was not to be. From Northampton, Massachusetts. Well, is that important? They'll call again. That's the that's the idea. Anyway, yeah, Derek Carr is a good start. Is a good pickup. I mean, he looked great against uh, Kansas City. So, oh yeah, going. I am going up against Atlanta. They're the they're still the worst team. Yep, against I'd quarterbacks. Say that's a home. That's a home run start for me. Home I mean, run. You see what they did? To, what Taysom Hill did to them. Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. So let's move on to running backs. You talked about the COVID list. And you, I am sure you're going to see this coming. I know which way you're going. And we talked about the uh, Baltimore Ravens closing their facility due to multiple COVID tests. And the fact that their Steelers game, not I mean their Steelers game is in doubt also because of because of this. Um, I don't know about that. Is it? I guess it isn't. No. Well, as of as okay. of right now, no. This, the Ravens facility reopened yesterday. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, they closed it down in the morning. They were able to do cleaning and everything like that. And um, Coach Harbaugh, they said they were back in the facility yesterday afternoon. Well, good for them. 
But the real big news about this is that the two play two players tested positive. And would you know it, or wouldn't you know it, it's the two starting running backs for the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. On a short week. On a short week. I highly doubt they play. So if when we get to really, really, really dissecting the running backs here, which will be in about 10 seconds. Which Gus is Edwards literally right is going now. to be somebody that we talk about heavily as to whether or not he is worth the the pickup. Well, I mean, we're kind of doing it right now. That's kind of that's kind of your that's your piece on it. I mean, Gus Edwards is a pickup because of the situation that's going on in Baltimore. Well, here here is my whole thing now with going and talking about Gus Edwards because Yes, he is someone that I am quite interested in. But, but, there is a massive, massive but here. How massive are we talking here? A a fat but. Kim Kardashian? Yeah, Kim Kardashian, sure. Okay. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are the best run-defending team in the National Football League. This is the same defense that shut down Saquon Barkley, widely considered to be one of the best running backs in all of football. I think it is fair for me to say that 100% of humanity, I would say 99.9% because maybe Gus Edwards' mom feels the opposite way that Saquon Barkley is a much better running back than Gus Edwards. Why are you going to go out of your way to pay top dollar in fab? Now, if waivers, different story. You go pick him up, spend your first or second priority, go pick him up, have some depth, no problem. But why are you going to spend $25, $30 of fab to go pick up Gus Edwards and potentially not start him. It, well, that's dumb. It, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, I know while I am interested in Gus Edwards and yes, there are certain spots where I could use him. I look at the matchup and I just say to myself, you know what? I want no part. Let him, let him go to somebody else and let somebody else just, blow their fab on him. I'll I'll put a bid in on him. I'll put I'll put like a a 5% of my fab bid on him, which might be 5 or $10, but I don't know if that's going to be enough because there are some people that are so desperate for running backs right now that'll pick up Gus Edwards, they'll start him Thursday and probably they may not get the desired result. You're going to need a touchdown from Gus Edwards for him to return value. You're going to need a touchdown and I don't know if he scores. I don't. Am I? I feel like I don't know if you're of the same mindset, but I feel like I'm the only person that thinks that this game is probably as we're getting closer. I feel like this Thursday game between the Steelers and the Ravens is not going to be that close. I feel like the way the Ravens have been playing, I think this game might end up being a double digit 
or and then some victory by Pittsburgh. I would agree with you. I don't think this is going to be that close just because the Ravens offense is bad. And Mark that Jackson, doesn't Mark bo- Jackson can't throw the ball. He, yeah. he he can't throw the ball. And that doesn't bode well for Gus Edwards cuz really I mean the Ravens aren't going to be running the football by the third quarter as much. Right. Right. And if anybody's running with the football, it's going to be Lamar Jackson when he takes off and try and makes a play. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This 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 just screams for me fade fade fade. I mean, he's my he's my number one running back of the week, but for me this just screams like something that I want no part of. I would rather go and spend my fab that it would require to go pick up Gus Edwards on my number two and my number three options for the week, which are Cam Akers at number two and James White at number three. I think those two, those are much more economically safe options. Guys with, I think, more of a set floor and perhaps a greater ceiling than than Gus Edwards does. So for me, I think if you're spending $25, $30 on Gus Edwards, you have to seriously consider what it would take to, let's just say, you spend $10 on James White and you spend anywhere between 7 and $10 for Cam Akers. That's $20, right? that you're getting on two running backs that can be solid enough for you. James White now is a greater opportunity with the Patriots offense now that Rex Burkhead is out for the season with the torn ACL. Cam Akers, much of the same story. I've been talking about Cam Akers now for the last four weeks, that everybody should make sure that Cam Akers is owned in their leagues and is on their roster. This is the time we saw Cam Akers get into the end zone last night. It's clear Sean McVay knows that Cam Akers exists. So we now are in a spot where, and other managers are in a spot as well, where you have to make certain decisions on what you want to do with your fab and how you want to diversify your assets going forward. I know in one league right now, I have, I would say in all of my leagues for the most part, with the exception of one league where I'm two and eight and I'm out of it, I don't really give a shit, where I have like $25 left of fab. My fab is pretty healthy for the most part. And I'm not, I, I get, I get asked this question a lot and people ask, you know, is it a bad thing if you don't use all of your fab? And the answer is no, it's not a bad thing because it just means that you are responsible with how you spent your money throughout the season. That if you have fab left over, that means you were smart, you were economical, you weren't making stupid waiver pickups, and good for you. You you deserve a nice little round of applause for that. But the worst, the, the, the most common thing that I see is people spending all of their fab before playoffs. And they get to playoffs and they have no fab left where the crowd for waivers is much, much smaller. If, if you are of the mold, the mold to be courteous and not participate in waivers, if you're not a playoff team, which is a whole different discussion about morals and ethics. And that could be had for another time. So the bottom line here is this just long winded ensemble that you have to be very careful with, 
Gus Edwards because it looks nice on the surface, but I don't know if you are going to go and be in starting Gus Edwards this week. He's the number one pickup of the week, no doubt about it, but I don't know if I'm going to be willing to start him. Yeah, I feel like we have this conversation every single waiver show where you talk about people being responsible with their fab. And honestly, I feel like it's worth it to have because if people are still going to be irresponsible with the with their fab, then you're still then we're still going to talk about it. So listen, it, it it's something that needs to be talked about every episode because I see people that go out of their way and making stupid decisions with their fab. And right now, I mean, if like I will give you a good example where I'm at where I have t- the two leagues where I clinched playoffs last night, first round by, and then just a playoff spot. I'm not spending any fab the rest of the way, unless there is a player that I see on waivers that I say to myself, yeah, that's a league winner. I'm saving my fab until we get to playoffs. Then I will unload my fab when I have to. But right now, I'm in playoffs. I don't have a reason to be spending fab for this week. If I lose this week in certain spots, oh, well, tough shit. I'm okay. I'm not, you know, really stressing about it. But again, it all it all comes down to picking and choosing your spots and going after guys where your money will be well spent and talking about long-term investments. Gus Edwards is not a long-term investment. He is a one-week fix. If you are in desperate, desperate need of running back help and you need to go get Gus Edwards, do it. Do it. You you have my blessing. But if you do not need him, stay away. Let someone else pay the fab to do it. Waivers different story you could spend a first round a first waiver claim on him go for it but fab stay away you can get him for ten dollars great but do not go and spend more than twenty dollars on him because i'm telling you it is not gonna work yeah i mean this is one of those i mean there are better there are better running backs that have more upside this week than gus edwards bingo Bingo. Frank Gore is one of them. LaMichael P. Ryan's going to be out for a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. That's another one. That's another one. I I considered him putting in my top three as well. Frank Gore is a great one. Uh, You you mentioned James White. Um, I mean, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, if he's available, go pick him up. Tony Pollard's been doing really well, surprisingly, over these uh, past couple of weeks. I've, I've been saying this now for the better part of the last year. Tony Pollard, with the way that he plays, he could be a starter on half the teams in the league because he's oh, very yeah. talented. He's yeah. very, very talented. So, I mean, you want to go pick him up and, you know, see what the Cowboys offense just continues to look like. Go for it. Because, I mean, again, I mean, I, I hate to say this and I hate to be that guy, but I got to give credit where credit is due. And Andy Dalton looks like He's trying to right the ship a little bit with the Cowboys and get this offense to be settled down. He spread the ball out really nice this weekend. And I kind of like, I'm kind of back in on the Cowboys offense. Kind of, kind of, I don't know. I don't know. That's a bad thing. I don't know if I'm uh, asking for too much, but apparently uh, the watermelon smashing 
did it did, did its job. Bring a fucking sledgehammer on a plane. What the hell? You can't bring bottles of shampoo on planes, but you can bring a sledgehammer. Sure, whatever, Gallagher. This is why you fly charter, baby. I'd hate you, but that's a direct quote, so I can't. This is why you fly charter. That is a direct quote from Mike McCarthy. Well, if he, I'm pretty sure if Mike, if Mike McCarthy wanted to check a sledgehammer through uh, DFW security, and he takes his mask off and they see he's Mike McCarthy. They'd say, have a nice day. Also, are you? do you want to be the guy to say no to someone with a sledgehammer? I, no, because I wouldn't want to lose my job when Jerry Jones has to uh, call my boss and ask my boss, why did you get Why did you get my boy pulled off to the side? Because he was checking a sledgehammer through security. Don't you know he's a big fan of Gallagher? Didn't you see the watermelons? <laughs> Did you see the watermelons with the sledgehammer? That's my boy, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> he's a mo- it's a motivational tactic that he's using here with the watermelons and the sledgehammers. We're about to beat those goddamn Vikings, and it's going to be because of those watermelons, because of those sledgehammers. God. Anyway, huh, what a, what an event. So, shall we move on to the shall wide receivers? We shall. Let's do it. Uh, for the wide receivers, this is another one where, depending on how your waivers is, you might. I don't really see too many players that could be like incredible for you um i mean you have players on the broncos some of the broncos receivers kj hamler tim patrick uh willie sneed who seems to be getting a lot of targets for for baltimore um denzel mims and maybe Rashad perriman on the jets depending on who the starting quarterback is russell gage if julio jones ends up uh either being limited or not playing against the raiders so what are your thoughts here on the wide receiver market? I mean, Adam, I agree with you 100%. There's just not anybody on this, wa- this waiver wire market right now that I am remotely interested in, in terms of going to pick up right away. Um, we talked about Michael Pittman. He might be the only guy. He might yeah. be the only guy that I could realistically see you going to pick up for this week and you would start him right away. Uh, we talked about Alan Lazard. He did not have a great matchup against Indianapolis, but keep monitoring him. I wouldn't start him against Chicago, but like I said, keep looking at him, add him to your watch list, and just continue to monitor Alan Lazard. Uh, in terms of in terms of the guys that I'm interested in uh, to go and pick up for this week, my number three ad of the week, I am actually going in a, a slightly different direction with how I'm going to go with this this week. And I'm going to go with Tim Patrick, the receiver for the Denver Broncos, had another really, really nice game and continues to really deliver for fantasy owners and really does his business quite quietly. So if I had to go and 
pick a potential guy to go and invest in, which could be a very, very cheap option. Tim Patrick could be the guy. He's averaging about 11 and a half points per game in terms of his fantasy numbers. Has basically been a four or five catch guy every single week. He's got a pretty solid matchup against New Orleans at home. That's a matchup that should return pretty decent value given the negative game script that I'm sure Denver is going to be in versus the Saints. So Tim Patrick is one that I am all over. Go pick him up, please. My number two waiver wire ad of the week. And this is this is another interesting one um, because we've seen this happen before and then he just goes and disappears. I feel like I've talked about him before on this waiver wire program and I'm going to go and talk about him again. And that is Oakland Raiders receiver Nelson Aguilar, my number two receiver to add of the week. Welcome to my world. I've been talking about Nelson. I think I was like a couple weeks early on Nelson Aguilar, honestly. I think you were because he had a monster game against the Kansas City Chiefs to the tune of six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. He's a bit boomer busty for me, but I can't ignore the schedule that he has the next couple of weeks. It is terrific. And if you're looking for a receiver that you can start and potentially have a monster, monster game for you, Nelson Aguilar could be your guy. He goes to Atlanta and then to the Jets the next two weeks before fantasy playoffs start and his schedule does get a bit bumpy with the Colts, the Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins. So Nelson Aguilar is probably a two-week sort of guy, but I think he's a guy you can have for 3 $4, and he will do the job for you, especially if you are going to be without a Julio Jones this week who could be out because of injury. If you're without Adam Thielen this week because he's out due to, of course, COVID, that could be an avenue that I would absolutely 100% explore. And then my number my number one is, of course, Michael Pittman, uh, still owned in under 50% of leagues, scored again, and has a very good matchup going up against the Tennessee Titans who allow the fourth most points to opposing wide receivers this week. Shockingly, honestly, shocking that he's still under 50%. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I'm very surprised. Yep. He won't be right. after this week. Probably not now. Uh, let's move on to the tight end, shall we? Let's do it. Um, one player that I think you're probably going to talk about who is under 50%, just to uh, predict, use some of my clairvoyance. Is Dalton Schultz in your top three? He is. Is Robert Tunyon in your top three? He is, is, yeah, I think that's all I got. I, would you somebody... like, would you like to hear? Yes. So my top three, my number three is Richard Rogers, the tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. He continues to really, really impress. And I know that his Work has been sort of limited up and down, but if there's no Zach Ertz again for the Philadelphia Eagles this week who play on Monday night against the Seahawks, Richard Rodgers is an automatic go for me. I would be starting him if I do get him on waivers. My number two waiver wire ad of the week is Dalton Schultz going up against the Washington football team on Thanksgiving. They have a, the Washington football team has been very generous to the tight end position. So I think that is a pretty good start for me. And then my Never. number one tight end tight end ad of the week 
is, of course, Mr. Robert Tunyon going up against Chicago Bears, who allow the sixth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Yep. An interesting thing also that I saw, this is unrelated to tight ends, but it's more related to receivers. Sure. The football team, the Washington football team, they're yeah. the best. They allow the least fantasy points to receivers. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Did not even think about that. Yeah, and that's a decision that a lot of owners are going to have to make this week when it comes to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, who I think for the most part, everybody is going to want to start just so they can say, oh, I'm rooting for somebody on Thanksgiving. But, I mean, look, we've seen Amari Cooper have a monster, monster 50-point game against the Washington football team on Thanksgiving before. At home, also. At home. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Dallas would never play Thanksgiving on the road anyway. That is sacrilege. Yeah. That would be cruel and unusual. Was that – that the Miles Austin game, that wasn't on Thanksgiving, was it? The one that was uh, the where he was playing against the Chiefs when they were wearing it was like oh, a Dallas thing. No, 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 no. Thing? That was week two. Okay, that was week. That was like week two or three, and that was at yeah. Arrowhead. Right, because I was like, because they were wearing the jerseys that they usually wear on Thanksgiving. Because like, those, jer- those jerseys are fly, right? They're really yeah. nice. Too bad you could don't you can't they can't wear them because of the like, the one shell rule. It's ridiculous. And we can't. Yeah, you can have that. Can have Jets, can have Jets throwbacks, can have those Patriots throwbacks, either. No, nope. Adam, you know what they call the NFL? The No Fun League. The No Fun League, exactly. Or, or as Jerry Glanville likes to say, not for long. <laughs> uh, yeah, no cream schools either. It's ridiculous. One other interesting thing, or maybe a couple. Um, Mo Ali Cox. You want to talk about precipitous drop-offs that we did last week? Precipitous. I mean, there's, that, there's that word again. Yesterday, we talked about precipitous drop-offs. Uh, Mo, Mo Ali Cox is only owned in 3.1% of leagues. And I mean, really? what's it? Huh. Yeah. What's the, I guess a lot of people dropped him once uh, when he was injured. And it was the Jack Doyle show. But Yeah, makes sense. I mean, he's played the past four games, but he just hasn't really done anything when he no. has played. Well, he did something against the Packers. He just fumbled. Yeah, well, that. Yeah, it's something, but it's not something good. No, no, it is not. It is not productive. It's not so bad, but it's also not so good. Correct. And uh, also, uh, do you like the Vikings tight ends? It seems like they're getting more involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. If Thielen's out, yeah. Kyle Rudolph has actually been – he's actually done kind of well. I mean, he hasn't scored. He only scored once all season, and that was against Tennessee. But if Adam Th- if Adam Thielen is out, then, yeah, I would I would like the Vikings tight ends. Yeah. All righty. So let's preview our triple header of Thursday night. Actually, let's not. Let's talk about the defenses because fuck the defenses. <laughs> No, let's talk, let's talk about the defenses before we preview our triple header, shall we? The defenses. Surely. It's very it. exciting stuff. I mean, the fact that Washington's defense is still projected to have 7.6 points is kind of astonishing considering how well Dallas plays on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, there is always the possibility that Dallas comes out and lays an egg. That is quite possible, but... 
I, I have Washington as a top 10 play this week. I don't, I don't mind them. Well, they did do that. Like, what was it three Thanksgivings ago when they played the chargers? When they laid an egg on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they played the bills. Oh yeah. That was last Thanksgiving. Right. That's true. Ruined my Thanksgiving. Yeah. Cause that game wasn't even close. The game was a horror show. But this is actually believe believe it or not, this is actually a very good week to stream defenses. I actually love some defenses this week, and a lot of them are pretty much universally owned or universally available. Excuse me. So I am well, I'm, not all of them. The well, top I'll, two are owned in ninety four percent and eighty three percent of leagues, respectively. Which are who? The Dolphins and the Browns. The Dolphins are my number one for the week, but the Browns are not in my top five. What? They're not my top five. What? Nope. How many times do I teach you this lesson, old man? They are not in my top five. So if I had to go for my top five for the week, my number five defense is the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against Baltimore. My number four defense of the week is the Los Angeles Rams going up and facing the San Francisco 49ers at home. My number three defense of the week is the New York football Giants going up to Cincinnati and taking on the Bengals. My number two defense of the week and is my start of the week. I will be targeting them absolutely everywhere that I can is the New Orleans Saints going two mile high and playing the Denver Broncos. And number one is, of course, the aforementioned Miami Dolphins going to New Jersey to take on the New Jersey Jets. New Jersey Jets. You're not wrong, though. They play in New Jersey. They don't play in New York. They don't. They're not New York's team. Just like the New York Giants. They should be the New Jersey football Giants. Yeah. It's kind of, well, yeah. When Adam, they were who, fat- who who is New York's team? It's the Bills. They play yes, they play in New York. They are the only football team that plays in New York. They might as well be in a different state. I think upstate New York should secede from regular New York. No, like no, 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 no. New it's York the- City should secede and just be its own Commonwealth. See what you. Everything Westchester and and above, or Westchester and below is New York. Everything north of Westchester is just a different state. No, I I like that part. That's a great part. We like those people. The land of your people. We like those people. Yeah. Although I think Westchester, Westchester and below, yuck, yucky. What above Westchester? Ding, ding, ding. Great people. Especially, yeah. especially a big shout out, big shout out to the homies in Birdsall, New York. Although, it would probably they probably have to change, like the SUNY naming system because it would because almost all the SUNY schools are up in upstate New York. That's true. That's okay. We can worry about that when we get there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I am starting the movement. Hashtag New York City secede. Actually, I, I I think Long Island should be its own state anyway. 
I'm all for it. Fuck it. Let's do it. We we should we should be our own state. Welcome cool. to Long Island. Welcome to Long Island. It's, it's not you are so not, bad here. You are not in not so Long good. Island. You are not in Long Island. You are on Long Island. Yes. You're not in an, you don't go in an island. You're, you no. go on an island. You go on an island. You don't go into the Dominican Republic. You're on Dominican Republic. What's well, different? Well, that's different. Are you in Puerto Rico or are you on Puerto Rico? No, you're in Puerto Rico. No, you're on Puerto Rico. Well, with the island, Puerto Rico's an island. If you're, if the island, if island is in the, if island is in the sentence, it makes sense to say on. Uh, you're on the island. You're on an Puerto island. Puerto Rico's an island. I understand that Puerto Rico's an island. Are you in the Bahamas or are you on the Bahamas? I think it's just a, it's weird. Language is weird like that because people say people say it differently, even though it might not be grammatically correct. You're on the Bahamas. I've never heard people say I've never heard anybody say that you're on the Bahamas or on Puerto Rico or on be- the Dominican Republic. Because people are stupid. <laughs> These are islands. I'm aware that, that they're islands. They are islands. I would not go and say, oh, you're in an island. No, you're not in anything. You're not in anything. Is is Luxembourg an island? Do you say you're on Luxembourg? No, you're in Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Yeah, no, Luxembourg is not an island. I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not an island. That's my point. It's fucking landlocked. <laughs> right, right. Although technically Long Island is more of a peninsula. Sort of. Oh wow, we're getting uh, geographic. We're, get, we're getting. I'm kidding. We're getting too geographic. It's not. A, it's not a point. It's not a party by brain. Actually, it's actually an island. Hardy by brain. Um. Anyway, so you want to preview this triple header? Is there any Let's more defense it. you want to talk about? No. I'm still surprised I... that the Browns are not in your top five. No. It's because there's no Miles Garrett. Partially, yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm going to be proven wrong again. Who knows? You know what? Honestly, I kind of hope that you are. Me too. Um, yeah. So, first game at 12.30. The actual originators of the tradition of playing on Thanksgiving before the Cowboys try to, try to muscle in on the spotlight. Fuck you, Adam. The Detroit Lions are home to the Houston Texans. Quite a lot of injuries to worry about in this game. First of all, first and foremost, DeAndre Swift is questionable. There were no updates. <laughs> He's just questionable. Yeah, and this is a short week too, so he would have to clear. He would have to clear concussion protocol either today, or I would even say he has to clear concussion protocol today, Tuesday. He he would have to because he has to. He would have to get in a limited practice and at least he. Yeah, and that's just not happening. Uh, Danny Amendola is questionable. There are no updates on that. Kenny, Kenny Galladay is questionable. Somehow still not on IR. I have no idea why. Apparently there's some optimism that Kenny Galladay is going to play. What? How? How well will Kenny Galladay even play? God almighty. That's a great question. Does he even finish the game? Yeah. I mean, how much of a pitch count is Kenny Galladay going to be on would you be comfortable with starting Kenny Galladay if he plays? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. I um, wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I personally Marvin, wouldn't do it. 
Marvin Hall was limited in Monday's practice estimate, like usual with Thursday games. There are there it's walkthroughs and meetings mainly for practice because it's a short week, so it's only estimated. So Marvin Hall was limited. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson was limited in Monday's practice estimation with a toe. Oh, actually, it's a shoulder injury now. New injury. Yeah. Oh. He went into the game on Sunday with a toe injury, came out of it with a shoulder injury. Oh, well, that's that's not ideal. And he's he's 50-50. He's a true 50-50 to play. And uh, Matthew Stafford with a thumb was limited as well in Monday's practice estimate. Yep. That's a, that's a maintenance sort of deal. Yep. Stafford will be good to go. And for Houston, um, wow, Josh McCown's on the Texans? He is? Yeah. I thought he was still with Philadelphia. I thought he was a coach. That's shocking. He He's questionable. <gasps> Leading into this game. I don't know. Wh- I don't know with, with what. I have no idea. A cold. Old age? <laughs> <laughs> he hurt his hip getting out of bed this morning. I can't even make a joke about arthritis because Todd Gurley is like in his 20s and he has arthritis. And so you are watch, you. You watch your mouth. And so are you. Exactly. Uh, Kenny Stills is questionable. He was limited in Monday's practice estimate. Laramie Tunsil with an illness, not COVID related, I don't think. Uh, he didn't practice on Monday. Um, and Randall Cobb is out. And he's seeking a second medical opinion on his toe. Correct. So that is that. Is that. Where does Sean Watson fall on your starter meter? Eight. What about Duke Johnson? This is a tough one because Duke Johnson has done next to nothing. And this is just a, this is a matchup that is just gift wrapped for him to be productive. And I just, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust this Texans offense when it comes to running back. So I would say based on matchup, it's a 10 out of 10, but based on the fact it's Duke Johnson, six. Do you think the over-under for this game being at 51.5 is generous? Uh, I think it's just right. I think it is just right. I think that is a great line, believe it or not. I would personally take the under. I would personally take the under just because I could see the Texans really being an offensive juggernaut in this game and Lions not putting up much at all. So if the game ends up as a 20, like a 27 to 14 sort of game, you know, it's going to, it's going to hit the under. You're going to need both teams to really come out on offense. And so I don't know. I mean, if there's, if there's no Galladay, no Marvin Hall, no TJ Hawkinson, no Deandre Swift, it's going to be very hard to see how the, how the lions put up the points that are going to be required to meet that 51. Well, if you're picking the over and you're picking Houston at three, minus three, then basically you're hoping for like, if, I, if I'm being correct, maybe like 31, 28. See, the Lions, the, or something the parlay like that. that I would be going for in, the, in this is I would be doing, if you, ca- if you can, what I would do is go for the, go for the teaser line with six points to take Texans plus three and then take that 51 bump it up to 57 and take the under 
That's what I would do. I think that's a pretty good teaser parlay if you wanted to be safe about it. If you wanted to go for the home run play, Texans minus three, and then the under 51. I think that's, that, that would be the play that I would go for. All right. Uh, and then for the – I mean, CJ Procise is even like – No. Yeah. Yep. So for the receivers, uh, you have Wolf Fuller here. Uh, Wolf Fuller has got to be a nine. I mean, especially – uh, Jeff Okuda is questionable heading into this game also. There you go. Yeah. So, Will Fuller's a nine for me. He's a home run play. Um, And then Brandon Cooks. Seven. All right. I guess that's really it. Yeah, really none, none, none of the tight ends here are, are worth mentioning for the Texans. And then Matt Stafford, if he plays. Right now, based on the information that we have, a five. Okay. But if we Maybe, get if we get yeah. Galladay playing, if we get Hawkinson playing, he could move up to a seven or an eight. And then uh DeAndre Swift, if he plays, even though it's looking not likely. Eight. If Swift plays, but not looking likely, correct. But if he and if and when he doesn't play, um what's it looking like for Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson? Peterson's like a five, carry-on's like a three. And then for the receivers, this is the this is the real thing. The real dilemma you have is who's worth starting out of these Lions receivers. I mean, if Galladay plays, you may not have a choice considering you spent in all likelihood a third or a second round pick on him. So you may be tempted to start Kenny Galladay would could be a very, very good matchup for him if he plays. So Galladay, if he plays, is probably like a six or a seven. Uh, Marvin Jones, I, I like Marvin Jones. I like Marvin Jones a lot for this matchup. So he's probably a seven for me as well. I'm not touching Marvin Hall. Danny Amendola is not expected to play. Uh, that, that's kind of that. Yep. And then TJ Hawkinson, if he plays. A nine. If he right. plays. Nine if he plays. All right, next game. A rivalry as old as time. Actually, as oh, old another as one? the 60s. Another, another rivalry as old as time? Well, actually, it's as old as ni- was 1960, 62. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I mean, well, Washington's been around for a lot longer than that, but Dallas has only been around since 1960 or so. Uh, as far as... The Cowboys, you might be looking for another kicker. Although, maybe not. Mike, Mike McCarthy said that he'll be the Greg Zerline Legatron will be available on Thursday against Washington. So he said he's questionable, but he said, I don't see him being in jeopardy of not playing on Thursday. I think he's going to play. I doubt you would have a guy available only to not play him, and then you have two kickers on your game day roster. It would be a Cowboys thing to do. Yeah, well. I just hope to God if, if Greg Zerline doesn't play, they just stay away from that dickhead. Brett, Mah! I think they, they would trade a first-round pick for Dan Bailey if that I doesn't would. happen. I would. I would trade four first-round picks for Dan Bailey. That's my king. Have I ever told you what, my, what one of my fans' team's name is? Bend it like Bailey. Bend it like Bailey. Very good. Yeah, I've had that team. I've had that team for seven years. 
And it's, well, that was your team name in our league for like the first year, I think. Was it? It was either that or Hide and Zeke. No, it was Hide and Zeke. That's what that's what I won a championship with. Yeah. Hide and Zeke. In the picture of him in the in the Salvation Army uh cauldron. Yeah. Yes. That's by King. Uh bigger news for Washington. Basically, there are only two fantasy basically there are only three fantasy relevant players are questionable leading leading into this game. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he didn't practice with an ankle injury. Antonio Gibson didn't practice on Monday with an ankle injury. I feel like that's a copy pasta, but sure, whatever. Uh, and Dustin Hopkins, their kicker, didn't practice on Monday either with a groin issue. Yeah, Hopkins has been an early week absence for, I think, the better part of the last three weeks. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, Alex Smith could potentially be without his two best options at receiver yeah. and running back. Yeah. Important to monitor the, uh, the practice reports today. Cause those are two new issues for Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. So if they don't practice on Tuesday, um, there could be some real issues in terms of their availability, potentially for uh, the Thanksgiving uh, matinee, as they say against, yes. uh, against Dallas. They do say that. Um, yeah. So, Let's move on to the starter meter for a second and talk about Alex Smith. Where is he? Especially, I mean, if he doesn't have his receiver and his running back. I mean, he's a four for me regardless. Okay. And then whoever is the starter for uh, for Washington, whether it be um, well, if, it's, if, it, if it is Gibson, I mean, I like Gibson and McKissick in this game. I like them both. If it's Gibson, I would say he's an eight with McKissick who's probably a six. If it's McKissick and Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber is probably a four. McKissick oh, yeah. probably, probably is an eight. Oh yeah. Peyton yeah. Barber is still on this team. He is. Talk about getting the short end of the stick. You ain't kidding. God. He's like looking at Ronald Jones. Like, you know, that meme with like, Oh God, who's Arthur's sister where she's like looking, looking through the, the wire fence. Like the, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's DW. That's who it is. DW. Yeah, Arthur. You know Arthur the Aardvark, the TV show on PBS. I don't know the show. I just know the meme. Oh, okay. Never mind. Anyway, uh. So for the receivers, I mean, it's either Terry McLaurin or if he hasn't played and Steven Sims. Cam Sims. Cam Sims. Cam Sims. We've been calling him. I just learned the other day as well that it's Cam Sims. They had Steven Sims, but now they've gone to a different Sims. It's Cam. Oh. I know. Shocked me me too. That's Um, just confusing. If it's it's McLaurin, it's got to be an eight. But if McLaurin is out, then there's no receiver for Washington that I'd be willing to start. Is Steven Sims still on the team? No. That's wow. Man, I just feel terrible. I've been misnaming right. a guy for the past couple of years. Poor I mean, guy. The past couple of weeks. Yeah. It's like 
that's how the other the other Steve Smith must have felt. Adam, he yeah. is still on the team. Really? They have two Sims. They have two Sims: Steven and Sims once, and Cam Sims. And for once, it's not either Matt or or Chris. Yeah. Steven yeah. Sims and Cam Sims. Which one's is it Steven Sims Jr. or is it Cam Sims Jr.? All right, it's too far. To, I just got to know that there are two. There are two Sims on the team. I could. I couldn't tell you. Too far. I think Never it's mind. Steve. I think it's Steven. I think Steven is the junior. Yes, it is Steven. Okay. Yep. Look at me. I got yeah. something right today. There you go. And if, yeah. if, you have, if you have to start Logan Thomas, if you're in a bind, then I guess Logan Thomas is okay. I'll give him like a six. Yep. All right. So for uh, Dallas, Dallas, you remember, Dallas. You remember in uh, RTVF 16 when we saw an episode of Dallas? Of course I do. Yeah. Great program. Uh, are you starting Andy Dalton against Washington? No. No, he's a four. Yeah. What about Zeke Elliott? Eight. Is Tony Pollard worth starting in a deep league in a deep league? Very deep league, yes. Um, and then for the receivers, Amari Cooper. Six. Michael Gallup. Three. CeeDee Lamb. Seven. Dalton Schultz. Seven. Okay. Interesting. Cool. And our final game. This game might... It could either be the best of the three games or the worst of the three games. I would probably go on record to say probably the worst. Um, this is uh, the ninth, ninth anniversary, probably, of that time that Mike Tomlin almost tripped a guy. I recall. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Although that game was in Baltimore. True. Yeah. That was, so, that was very sketchy. Are you questioning the integrity of one Mike Tomlin? I'm just saying that moment was kind of sketchy. That is obscene. It was just kind of, I mean, it looked, I don't know. I think it looked worse in slow motion. Like he, he was trying to get his foot out of the way. I would say so. But yeah, no, it didn't. I trust, it didn't, I trust Mike Tomlin. I do too. Uh, this game is going to be nuts. Uh, especially, especially, especially if Mark Andrews doesn't play in this game. Mark Andrews is on the injury report with a thigh injury. Hmm. I think he's had this has been a situation that he's had before. Yes, I believe he has. He was limited in Monday's walkthrough okay. due to a due to the thigh injury. All right, it's a good sign. Calais Campbell, what is questionable like heading into this game as well, and so is Jimmy Smith. So that could mean upgrades for slight upgrades for Big Ben and the receivers as well. Calais well, Calais Campbell coming back would be huge for yeah. Baltimore. And then for Pittsburgh, Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds are both questionable. Uh, Juju didn't practice on Monday with a toe issue. And 
nothing, nothing else on that. I'm sure we'll, that's another one you got to monitor the practice reports for heading into heading into this game. You got to check them, check them like the, like your life depends on it. Correct. In some cases your playoff life does depend on it. So with that being said, let's move on to the starter meter. Are you starting Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh? Mm, I would say it's a five. Yeah. And then I feel like this is redundant at me asking you this question because you just went on that whole diatribe about Gus Edwards. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good call. He's a five as well. Um, I wouldn't be too upset at you if you have to start him. But if you have other options, go with that other option. And then um, is Justice Hill worth taking a flyer on also? To start? Not, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't start him. No way. Yeah. No way, no how. And then for the receivers, I mean, I guess my trust has really run out in Hollywood Brown at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a five. Um, but Willie Sneed, though. He's a six. Six. And he's led. He's been leading this team in targets outside of Mark Andrews. So, you know who performs well on Thanksgiving? Bird. Throw up the X. Des Bryant. Throw up the X. Terrific play. Great guy. Love him. Nah, he's like that too. I love him though. Ah, so, so jarring. Oh man, he's great. I love him. He's a two. Don't start him. I love him though. I I love Des. And then uh, Mark Andrews, if he plays with that thigh issue. Well, he's probably an eight, but it's this whole Ravens offense. I'm just very, very, very down on. I don't blame you. I do not blame you. And then for Pittsburgh, uh, Big Ben. Seven. James Conner. Six. Benny Snell. Three. Juju, if he plays. Six. Deontay Johnson. Seven. Chase, Chase Claypool. Nine. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron. Uh, six. All right. Well, there you go. So we have that. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Quiz Stational, and the debate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And later this week, of course, we will preview the rest of the games that are that are coming up this week. And that's very can be very exciting. So if you want a more detailed production update on what's going on, you can listen to yesterday's program for that. Yes, Bird? I could give an update on that. Update? So as ter- in terms of the uh, Basement Talk podcast and the Basement Talk podcast debate show, we will not be having a debate this weekend or a basement talk podcast this week because of the holiday 
So what we are going to do is the Basement Talk Podcast will be back with brand new crew uh, next week. And then the Basement Talk Podcast the debate will be back next weekend with, of course, a, a whole new crew. So we are uh, we're excited for that. A lot more content coming your way. All right. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Nice Show. Have a very happy, healthy, safe Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.